Hey, 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 it's the Steve Maraboli Podcast. Whispers of genius, echoes of madness. It's the traveling podcast. Why the traveling podcast, you ask? Because if it's the requires me to be in one place at one time podcast, it's going to continue not to happen. So we're doing that traveling podcast. Shout out to my incredible production team for having these notes ready for me and having uh, uh, fantastic social media uh, questions out there and uh, and input as to what I should speak about. So they sent me some good stuff. So let's have this conversation. I hope you're all having a great week. I hope that... You're smiling and enjoying your day, and thank you so much for giving this podcast a little time. Please don't forget, if you have time, wherever you're listening, iTunes or wherever else, uh, please take a moment to give a five-star rating. It helps other people find the podcast. Uh, I, I put it in I put it in uh, more entertainment, so it's not under kind of the self-help uh, podcast, so there's a lot more competition, and so definitely five-star ratings help us out. Uh, helps people find it and chances are if you like it other people will like it as well i want to cover a couple things uh, today um i want to cover how beneficial it is how beneficial it is to stay focused on your stuff and what i mean by that i'm channeling my inner mom today so it's we've gotten so much done We're, we're halfway through 2019 and we have utterly beat the life out of these first six months just we're feeling and exercising the length depth and breadth of everything these first six months had to offer just breaking not only our own records uh, company-wide but breaking records for other places for reach for impact whether it be at the un whether it be uh uh, through uh, some of the other programs that we have going our veterans programs uh not only that our social media reaching over 80 million people 80 million people reach consistently uh, every month which is just an absurd amount of people so so grateful but one of the ways i'm often asked like how do you get so much done first it is challenging my schedule is challenging uh the things that i can pay attention to are limited uh, but that's okay i focus on the things that matter to me most focus on the things that have the greatest impact and of course most importantly as taught as taught by my mom and for those of you who have read i think it's I want to say it's the Life to Truth and Being Free book. Um, keep your eyes on your your own plate and enjoy your meal. And I'll, I'll I think I'm going to do that for the Steve Reed's uh, part later uh, this podcast. But I think it's really important that we recognize that the best way to have productive productive days with minimum drama is to mind your own business. There is so much wisdom in the idea of minding your own business, staying away from the drama, staying away from the things that are just there to distract you. How often are we are just we're just distracted by busy nothingness? I do have the benefit of talking to a lot of people. It's what I do. So I do have the benefit of getting a large sampling of frustrated people, people who feel stagnant. People who don't feel happy with where their lives are, where their lives are going. They don't feel happy with what they're getting done. They don't feel satisfied. They don't feel fulfilled. They don't feel uh, the energy that life has to offer. They don't feel the endless possibilities that are there for them. They don't feel any of it. And so 
what I notice when I talk with them and when I when I listen to their story and I share uh, some insights with them, it's very often the insight of you're focused on too many things. You're not sure exactly what you want. You're a master of what you don't want, but you're you're not exactly sure of what you want. So it, 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 this is a journey. Life's a journey. So imagine if in this journey you don't really have a destination, but you just have a bunch of places you don't want to go. Well, when you don't know where you're going, every road takes you there. So to not be focused on a destination, to not know where you want to go and the general direction of where you want to go is even better than having a general direction of where you don't want to go. So staying focused and on your own business, staying focused on your own evolution, on your own progress, on your own ability to refine, improve and enhance your life is vital. So for me today, as, as I channel my inner mama, uh, I, I want to keep focused on that. Keep your eyes on your own plate, and, I, and I'll read to you that story uh, in a little bit. I appreciate the feedback. The feedback comes. You can uh, shoot us a message through our social media. Don't forget, by the way, for those of you who are still falling for <laughs> the imposters, I saw Richard Branson write something. He, he's going through something uh, similar. Uh, where just imposters are creating, you know, messenger accounts and 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 contacting his his uh, followers, his readers, and they're saying they're either Richard Branson or they're Richard Branson's staff or whatever. And you know, of course, a small percentage is going to fall for it. Just like back in the day, the old email scams, where some prince, some dethroned prince, was going to give you millions of dollars if you just give him a few thousand to begin with, something like that. And of course, most people think it's ridiculous. Some people are curious but don't go with it. And of course, a small percentage fall for it. Well, this is same same thing is happening here. You have people who are creating a, a messenger account with my picture and and uh, and saying they're me, even though their English is a little off. The way that they structure their sentences is totally not me. They can't call you. There are some people they have called and have a horrific accent uh that isn't that isn't a new york accent for those of you listening that isn't a new york accent some sort of european or eastern european a- accent and uh and so those go those fail pretty quickly but th- there are some people who are falling who really think they're having a conversation with me it is not me our o- our only channels of communication with all of you are through our blue check verified social media pages. So Instagram, Blue Check Verified, uh, if you are communicating with me through there, it is it is us. Uh, same with Facebook and same with Twitter. Uh, we don't really get messages on Twitter uh, so much, but uh, Facebook and Instagram the most. And, uh, and I will not send you a message. So I do not initiate messages. And I know you hear this, but the reason I'm saying it is because the imposters, you know what they do? <laughs> They send someone a message and say, hey, I know I said I don't send messages, but your comment stuck out and you seem extra special. And some people still fall for it. So I'm going to tell you again, I am not going to send you a message. I am not going to initiate a message with you, no matter how great your comment is. If I think your comment is that great, I will reply to your comment for everyone to see. 
I am not going to direct message you a private response. Now, if you direct message us, you go and you're on our blue checkmark verified page and you write a message, and it might take me a couple of days, but we'll usually respond. And I often respond with a voice memo. So you'll hear it's me, very distinct voice and very distinct uh, uh, language, uh, uh, language. So you will verify that it's it's me. So just please know that if you and then I will never ask you to go to a different app to talk to me. That uh, I think the the one that people use with Richard Branson's ends with my imposters are well. They're telling people to go to a Telegram app. I don't know what that is, but it. It is not something that I use. It's not something I have. And I will never be in a conversation with you and say, hey, let's switch to a different app. It's never going to happen. I don't have time or interest in doing that. I love my readers. You all know I love you all. And I love to engage with you. Send me a proper message and I will get back to you for sure. Um, but it won't be it won't be a, a secret conversation and some other app and it won't be I won't be asking you to 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 buy me a MacBook or to pay for tickets to an event that's not listed anywhere or VIP tickets to an event that is listed somewhere like it's just not going to happen so um, there's a lot of different scenarios that these imposters are trying to get money out of people just know I'm not going to try and get money out of you I'm not going to sell you anything if it's an event and I put up a link it's going to be a link to the event people who are selling tickets. We're never selling tickets. We're never selling books out of our garage or trunk or anything like that. If you want to buy the book go to Amazon like everybody else. There's there's no um there's no uh nothing like that happening. And again, if you do have questions that you're in in contact with someone you're not sure it's me, here's the thing. If you're not sure it's me, it's not me. But if you want to check anyway, send us a direct message in one of our official pages and we'll confirm for you that it's not me. So I wanted to throw that out there real quick. Hey, so questions can come. You can send us a direct message question and say, hey, here's a question for the show or um, comment on one of the many posts. We don't post as much on Instagram, maybe once or twice a day. Um, but on Facebook, we're posting throughout the day. So feel free to write a, a comment on there and say, hey, here's a question for the show. Uh, Chris, Steph, somebody is, is looking at those and they will take note and they'll throw them up. Uh, today, we have questions that are just general because some people ask the same question, in, in essence, the same question. So we might get 10 different scenarios, but it's pretty much the same question. So we went with uh, with that today. And I'll keep doing these traveling shows. It'll be a lot a lot easier than, than just being in the studio. And when I can make it into the studio, uh, we'll do that as well. We want options. But more, more importantly, I want to be consistently engaged with all of you because uh, it's, it's probably my favorite part of this is being engaged with all of you. So uh, let's, let's, let's cheers to the second half of 2019. Let's kick its ass. Let's, let's bring on 2020 when we're done with this. Let's make sure that 2019 is exhausted that we exhausted 2019 for all it had to offer, for all it had to give, for all it, for all we could take from it. That's what we want. So, uh, so let's get this moving. So, uh, feedback. Let's see. Let's see here. Um, here's a question. Hey, Steve. I still have trouble getting past being betrayed. I want to be spiritual and forgive. But I also want revenge. Do I just let karma do its thing? 
uh, so so that's a great question. Do I just let karma do its thing? So he, here's an answer for you that that you may or may not have thought of. So if you feel like you need revenge, getting it won't help you. Like if you feel the urge of revenge, getting it won't help. It, it it's not you're not in a place where re- they won't be able to be sorry enough or bleed enough. You're still super hurt. That's what you have to engage with that. Also, they're never going to be as sorry as you are hurt. Like their apology is never going to to meet your level of hurt. It just doesn't happen. So you have to learn some emotional self-defense now so that you can move on. So you don't you don't continue on and carry those scars and those wounds to every relationship and, and, and bring them and poison a new relationship with old relationship nonsense. You've heard me describe it before because I am telling you this out of wisdom. I'm telling you this out of my own scars that I spent years bleeding on people who didn't cut me. Let me tell you that again. I spent years bleeding on people who did not cut me. And who knows what could have been, who knows? I'll never know because, again, I was busy bleeding on them. I was busy poisoning new things with old relationship nonsense. And so you do have to get past that. Now, you're you're having trouble getting past the betrayal. Now, I, I do know, I do know that time doesn't necessarily heal. I'm not sure if it does or it doesn't heal. I don't know what time does, but I do know that perspective heals. Your ability to take that and change the story, to to change it to an empowering thing and an inspirational thing, or at least one where you can learn the lesson. It doesn't even have to be empowering as much as it is wisdom gained from a broken heart, from a betrayal, from that stabbing. That's really important to recognize that it is perspective that will bring closure, perspective that will bring healing, not necessarily time. I know a lot of people who rode out their pain for years and years and years and never recovered. Time didn't heal them because their bitterness stayed. And they stayed bitter and angry to the end. And you know what else? They stayed lonely. Bitterness and revenge and, and, and hoping karma does its thing, that is a great recipe for loneliness. It is a great recipe to bleed on people who did not cut you. So take a look at the betrayal. Take a look at what you can learn from it. Take a look, even if what you learn is that person is bad. As much as you love them, as much as you care for them, they, that's what they do. It, it's, it's kind of like you, you love dogs, right? Who doesn't love dogs? Some dogs bite. And as much as you love them, as much as you want to walk by them and snuggle them and they bite. And once they've bitten you, you just have to know that this this one bites and I love it and I want it to do well and I hope it's a happy dog, just not near me so that you won't bite me. I look at it that way. I used to look at it in a more angry way where, oh, they're a bad person and they're, no, they're fine just for someone else. They may even be great for someone else. Just stop biting me. Just stop stabbing me. I, I don't, whether 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 I cause you to be a biter or stabber, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll fix it. We'll fix it in the sense that I have to let it go. 
And so I, I really think that that's going to be your answer. Not letting karma do its thing. You don't know what karma's thing is, and neither do I. But you do your thing, which is learning, crying, forgiving, learning, and move on. And you don't have to do any of those things. Life will allow you to stay bitter for years and years and years. Life will allow you to bitterly throw away other relationship opportunities. Life will allow you to bitterly throw away every single day. Life will allow you to look at the world as a skeptic and not enjoy any minute or any sort of interaction because of the bitterness that happened years and years ago. Life will allow that. That's the cruel beauty of this world is that it will allow what you allow. So learn from it. Get better, not bitter. Learn from it. So that when you move on, you are stronger because of it. You are strengthened by it. Let your life be strengthened by it instead of strangled by it. So that you can continue on. So that you can move on with a new perspective, an empowered perspective, a healthier perspective. And you're not stuck in the poisonous past. So that's my answer to that. Thank you so much for that message. You want to do another question? Let's do another uh, question. So uh, I saw one. Oh, Steve. Steve, big fan. Thank you. Big fan, uh, I, I know you don't talk politics, but... Because of all the women's programs you work with around the world, will you comment how you feel so many women running for president in the United States and getting headlines for high-profile politics? Also, go Team USA in, in Soccer Women's World Cup. Uh, hey, thanks so much for your message. Yeah, I don't really talk politics because, again, it's it's agreement with reality. What's true for some isn't true for others, and and talking politics to me is, is just silly. But um, as far as publicly talking politics is silly, but... Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting with the dynamic of, of uh, women's programs and uh, women leaders and stuff like that. What I have found in my experience, when I first when I first dove into Empowered Woman Program, our first Empowered Woman Program, I was called that, the Empowered Woman Program, was in the late 90s. And, and I was approaching it in a way, and, and I guess in an ignorant way, because I had never been a woman. <laughs> and so I thought, what I needed to do was different than I actually needed to do. So I thought it was a genuinely empowering moment program. Like, let me empower you. Let me, you know, it, it's like you're, you're almost like a super, feel like a superhero swooping down and saving the day. And I thought that for a very short time. And it turns out, and thank you for your message, and it turns out that you don't really need to do that. There are just some places there are some places where it's just an uneven playing field. You know, the table's tilted. And all you need to do is is make the table even. Just make it even. Make it an even playing field. That's it. Then get out of the way. Because they don't need you. They are going to be badass on their own. They're already badass with or without you. If you just level the playing field, you don't need to give them a boost. Just get out of the way. Just just remove the obstacles that the other people don't have. That's really it. And so that evolved quickly, and it, and it became, uh, I think that's why our programs are so successful. And even the programs that I do, um, the UN programs and those other stuff, like it makes it so much easier because 
the burden of my ignorance is gone. <laughs> my ignorance where you feel like you're a superhero swooping down. That ignorance, that delusion's gone. Now you just have to open the door. Just make sure the door is open and they will do everything. Get out of the way. And so, yeah, I, I, don't, I like that so many, for instance, so many uh, women are running for president. I like that. I don't love the fact that it has to continuously be mentioned. Oh, well, this one's a woman running. This one just just running for president, just political candidate. Just that's it. We don't say this one's a man. We just we just say political candidate. You know, in other countries, so many other countries that have uh, women presidents. If you're in that country and you're just talking to people, so, oh, the president's speaking later. Oh, the president's doing great. The president's doing poorly. I love the president, hate the president. You'll hear conversations about the president all day. That's great. Oh, a presidential speech later. Great, great, great. Later on, when you when you turn on the t their TV and the presidential speech comes on, you realize, oh, wow, that president's a woman. I heard somebody mention the president all day, different people, conversations about the president, this, that, this, that, this, that. Never once mentioned their gender. I'm just seeing it now on TV. You know why? Because they don't care. It's not part of the conversation. I heard plenty of people like the president, plenty of people don't like the president, president's great, president's stupid, all the same things you always hear, but without any gender reference. I think that that's the sign of, a, of an evolved society. So I want our society to be like that. So yes, I do love that so many women are running for president. I love it, and I love it even more when we don't have to mention that they're women, just like we don't have to mention that they're men. We just have presidential candidates from XYZ states. Awesome. Presidential candidates, a senator, awesome. And you never hear them mention, and he's a man. Like, it's just not a conversation because it's not needed in our society. So I'm looking forward to the day that it's not needed in our society to mention that it's a woman either. But I'll take what I can get for now. And, yes, go Team USA and, uh, in, the, in the Women's World Cup. And, and, and you, see, you do see it mentioned. And, and I have to say that when you do have it separated like that, when you are mentioning, well, this one's a woman and this one's a man, then all those old, outdated roles those gender roles come in and what's acceptable behavior for one or another like it's 2019 and we're still having that conversation and to me that's crazy and not helpful but you do see it happening so with women especially it's so crazy because it is 2019 and you see it happening more and more it's crazy to watch like whether in politics or corporate or or even sports lately Women being expected to answer and even apologize for overachievement or wanting equal pay. So what's the message we're sending? Win, but not too much. Celebrate, but not too much. Be empowered, but not too much. Own your body, but not too much. Show emotion, but not too much. Question, but not too much. Report injustice, but not too much. Love yourself, but not too much. So if we want to flourish as a, as a society, then we need to recognize this about ourselves and change it. We can break free from the psychological prison of inequality. And of course, some people are going to fight to keep things as they've always been. But we can expect that. The, the warden is never happy when the prison closes. Regardless of the resistance, we have to stand up for this change anyway. Like I said... 
this is something that we shouldn't still be discussing in 2019. Our daughters, our sisters, our moms, our neighbors, all women in our society deserve better than that. And we, we are better than that. Outdated ideas inevitably lead to outdated behaviors. It's time for an update. So thank you for your message, and, and I hope that we as a society have this update soon. Folks, you're listening to Steve Maraboli Podcast. I really appreciate you. Make sure that you share this. Let people know if it's something you're enjoying, if it's something, even if it's just something to listen to for, for an hour or so, kills kills some boredom, maybe <laughs> offer some food for thought. Or if it's something that you look forward to that empowers, inspires you, uh, please just let other people know. Let them know that this is here. It's free. It's available for you. And if you like the quotes, then, then you'll like the person they come from. So definitely share it. Uh, our social media on Facebook is uh, author Steve Maraboli. On Twitter and Instagram, it's just Steve Maraboli, one word. We are all blue verified checkmark pages. Those are our only pages. Any other page that says it's us is absolutely lying. And how dare they? Let's do some more uh, questions. And, and feedback can come through message, through email. You can visit stevemaraboli.com, stevemaraboli.net, and send us a message through there if you want feedback uh, to give feedback also. Also, you can send a... Let me see if I remember this correctly because they just told me this. If you... You can either text or voice memo or even video message... The phone number on our website, that's uh, stevemaraboli.net. You can video message it, voice message it, or text your questions also. And uh, and we, we may use it for a show. We may use the voice memo. We may use the video. We may use the audio from the video. Uh, but we want every opportunity for you to reach out and, have, and ask a question. Uh, because this is the only really format. I don't do a lot of public talks. So this is really the only format in which we can... Uh, engage with each other with each other regularly so question question comes uh hey steve do you ever feel like you just don't fit in uh, i feel like i have to pretend in order to fit in like uh, my relationships personal and intimate feel off i feel unhappy and unfulfilled you ever get this <laughs> are you kidding who are you talking to of course i get this have you not read the decades of my quotes this is this is me from me bleeding on paper from, from thoughts like this of course i feel like i don't fit in but now i'm glad when i was young i used to wish i would fit in and now that i'm older i'm so glad i didn't get my wish and and for you you want to you want to nest you want to not feel that pain that pain's coming from trying to fit into places you've outgrown Stop shrinking yourself to fit into places you've outgrown. So we start shrinking ourselves. We, we shrink ourselves to fit into these places. We shrink ourselves to fit in these places we've outgrown, and then we find ways to anesthetize the pain and discomfort. So we're going to all these, these uh, mystical practices to learn how to deal with the pain and learn how to deal with the discomfort of these feelings that, that we're getting from, from shrinking ourselves, from trying to fit. I've told the story before where I, um, 
so I went to elementary school and uh, I was invited back to my elementary school. Now, I've been invited to speak and I've spoken at schools all over the world, but it was really cool to be invited to speak at a school that I went to, an elementary school especially. So I went and it was like a career day kind of thing. It was pretty cool. Um, but I had to sit while other people in the community were also talking. So I sat in these elementary school chairs. Now, <laughs> now, well, last time I was in that school, I was a lot smaller version of myself. So I sat in the chairs and my knees are like up to my ears because <laughs> the chairs are really down low. And who remembers these chairs being so hard? My butt was killing me. Like there's no cushion. There's no anything. You're just sitting there on these really hard, low chairs. So it was really uncomfortable. And of course, like anything else, I I attributed some sort of learning uh, from it, some sort of lesson to be gained from it. And I remember thinking to myself, isn't this interesting? Because when I came to this school, when I was in elementary school and I came here, this school had exactly what I needed at that time. This school was a perfect fit for me. I probably thought these chairs were comfortable. I probably couldn't wait to sit in these chairs after recess. I probably couldn't wait to sit and watch a movie when they rolled in that VCR. I probably couldn't wait to talk uh, about science or whatever it was I was into back then. I probably couldn't wait and it was exactly what I needed. The reading, the math, the science, the social studies, the, the, the crafts, the arts, and all that stuff that you do when you're in elementary school. It was exactly what I needed. At that time, I was a perfect fit. Now, however, I've outgrown it. And I simply don't fit there anymore. It's still fine. There's nothing wrong with the elementary school. There's nothing wrong with the chair. There's nothing wrong with me. We're just not a match anymore. That chair is still good for someone else. That chair is still great for someone else. That school and that chair are still exactly what someone else needs right now. It is a vital thing they need right now. But for me, I just don't fit anymore. And trying to fit there hurts. There are people and situations in life that that applies to. Stop shrinking yourself to fit into places you've outgrown. When you stop shrinking yourself to fit into places you've outgrown, you'll stop trying to find ways to anesthetize the pain and discomfort that comes from doing that. Stop spiritually and emotionally starving yourself. Learn to let go, learn to move on, and give yourself permission to grow. Thank you so much for that question. Folks, you're listening to Steve Maraboli Podcast. I want to read, so I'm trying to figure out what else you guys sent me here. Oh, that's pretty cool. So these are top posts. I say that's pretty cool as if all of you are looking at the pieces of paper I'm looking at. These are the top posts uh, from social media for this past uh, week or so. 
And so let's talk about that before I go to more feedback. Folks, I hope you're liking the show. I hope you're liking the traveling show from somewhere out there. I'm going to do like Coast to Coast AM used to do. From somewhere out there. Um, so let's go to the top post. <laughs> top post, I love the smell of freshly brewed coffee in the morning. And I love the sound of no one talking to me while I drink it. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. It also it, it shows... The, the fact that that's a really popular post also shows that it is important. As chaotic as our lives get, whether you're parents, whether you're busy at work, whether you're both parents and busy at work, whether you're super friendly, you have a lot of friends, you have a lot on your plate, whether all of those things or just some of those things apply to you, it shows how important it is to have that reset. To have those few minutes of, of non-peopling, as I say, have those few minutes of non-peopling to just gather your thoughts, have that peace and quiet, drink something warm that hugs you in the morning and, uh, and, and gets you ready to participate in the day. I think it's really important. The fact that that resonates with so many people like it resonates with me is that it's really important to have that kind of time to just have... Those few moments, if even just a few moments to yourself to to reflect on the day, to to shake off yesterday and to to have those few moments with with the only being that you will be here with from day one to the last day. You Uh, I think it's really important that you that you take the time to 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 get that personal time, even if just for a couple of minutes a day. Next top post was relationships. It took me a long time to realize that if I put up with it, I'm going to end up with it never again. I have standards step up or step out. Yes, definitely. And as I read that, I can, I can, you know, some of these are, I, I can like smell them. Like it's so, it's so raw to me. Um, yeah, it takes a long time that if you put up with it, you end up with it. And, and, and you don't realize that sometimes it's not even out of malice of the other person. It's just that you make them comfortable with your discomfort. Some, and especially if you're a giver. If you're a giver and you, and you try to be generous, a lot of people will first – the first to- couple of times they'll appreciate your generosity. And then something weird happens where they become expectant of that generosity. So gratitude turns to e- expectation and suddenly you don't feel – like being generous anymore because they they the the expectation sucks the life out of the desire to be generous and suddenly here you are and you feel stuck in that situation it's a horrible feeling and it does take a long time to realize it but if you do realize it, if you can realize it and you can step up set up those standards step up those standards and say hey step up or step out standards are really really important Standards are something that when you set, you'll see the who's who and the what's what in your life. You'll see the the people where gratitude turned into expectation. You will see that. You will feel it. And some people, when you set standards, some people will fall away from your life. You have to let them. Just let them. Because they weren't in 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 a healthy relationship with you. You were in an unhealthy relationship with them, whether you knew it or not. If someone falls away because you set healthy standards, it's because they were incompatible with the healthy standards, which means 
they were in an unhealthy relationship with you and you with them. So yes, I love that post. I can see why it resonates with so many people, especially those who are givers. You know, when you're a giver, you have to set parameters, healthy parameters, because takers will not. They will take, 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 take till you're gone, till you're empty, and then they will move on without even a thank you. They will move on angry that you have no more to give. Not even a thank you that they took it all. Angry that you have no more to give. And so free yourself from that as soon as you can. And I'm glad that's a top post. Share that with everybody. Uh, next top post, most gurus are just spewing bullshit and hoping that you're a fly. <laughs> oh boy, I can be so poetic. Boy, Shakespeare had nothing on me, huh? Wow. So yes, this obviously said in a, in a moment of, I think we were talking about uh, uh, the not drowning, right? So for me, yes. So I, I get to see all these gurus. First of all, I have a million behind-the-scene behind guru stories, and every now and then I let he, this or that slip out. But So for those of you who have been listening to these shows or been following me for years, you, you know how I feel about this guru nonsense. But it is true. The self-help industry, the guru industry, is a growing industry. If the information they were spewing worked, it would be a shrinking one. Right. The polio industry isn't a growing industry. We figured out what works and, 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 and that's it. That, <laughs> that's all. There's no new products necessary. We figured out what works. So the self-help guru, uh, that kind of industry is growing because, again, it go, it, there's a lot of factors. But mostly is that most people don't know what they're doing. And instead of just saying, instead of finding these ways to anesthetize pain. And if you do this and you get this and you try this and you say this and you position like this. They, tr they find ways to anesthetize pain instead of just saying what I said earlier to the question earlier. You're, all this pain is happening because you're shrinking yourself to fit into places you shouldn't be fitting anymore. And, and again, empowerment becomes the enemy of the guru. And I will say it again unapologetically, empowerment is the enemy of the guru. It seems like it's what they're trying to do. Bullshit. Empowerment is the enemy of the guru. The last thing the gurus want is for you to be empowered. The last thing they want is for you to be strong. The last thing they want is for you to not need them. Most gurus are spewing bullshit and hoping you're a fly. Really. In, in essence, what they're doing is they're trying to sell you a life vest. But first they have to convince you you're drowning. But you're not drowning. You're flawed like anyone else. We're all flawed. But, but here's the thing. All that we're designed for, like we're humans, we're primates. What we're designed for is to eat and procreate. That's where we're at right now in our stage of evolution. Eat and have sex. That's what we're designed for. Anything beyond that, we have to work really hard to try and figure out. Because we're not designed for it. We're evolving towards that, but we're not designed for it quite yet. The, the future versions of us will be better at it than we are. But right now, we are not. We are not so far away from generations of people that all they had to worry about was staying alive and procreating. That is not too many generations ago. It is very recent in our past. So that's why we have so much trouble 
staying focused on our goals. That's why we have to try so hard to stay focused on our goals, on our relationships. We have to, why I have to try and stay fit and, and why we have to try and be a good friend, a good spouse, a, a good boyfriend, a good girlfriend, where we have to try to be a good teacher, try to be a good parent, uh, 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 be more patient while we work on being a better person and better neighbor and all of these things that we're trying to do because it's difficult and it doesn't come naturally. Do you have to be taught how to crave food? <laughs> you have to buy a book on how to crave food or how to crave sex. Do you have to be taught to crave sex? No. How come? Why isn't that hard? Well, because nobody's like, oh, I'm really trying to crave food and it's really tough. I have to set a, a vision board up of how to crave food. I have to, I have to, I have to set up a, a goal list and a goal map of how to crave uh, sex how come that doesn't happen? Well, because that's what we're designed for. Don't forget again that, that we it seems like we've evolved so much, and we have in so many ways, but we're still in earlier stages. It's not too many generations ago that we were really just about eating, surviving, and procreation. So yes, those things come naturally. And everything else, Mr. Guru, we're all trying to figure out. So don't act like you have it figured out and, and, and that you have it figured out and we don't. None of us have it figured out. We're all trying to endeavor together. So those of you listening, you're not drowning. You're not broken. Just find method for things that work for you. Get help along the way and find the little things that make you a tiny bit better, a tiny bit more reliably on point and on focus. And, and that's what life is. Just these slight adjustments that we figure out along the way that make us better, that help us move on, that help us help us help others. That's what life is. And, and again, stop, stop listening to bullshit. <laughs> that's really <laughs> quote of the day. That's, uh, that's where I am with that. Let's go to some more, some more feedback. Feedback can come from our website, stevemarabulli.net. They can come from any of our social media pages, our blue verified checkmark social media pages. I hope you're all enjoying this podcast. Whispers of genius, echoes of madness. Next question is, Steve. Oh, this one's a kind of a fighting question. Hey, Steve, respectfully, I feel like you went in hard on a previous podcast on parents and their phone use. I feel like it's uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically judgy of you, and you don't know why those parents at the park are on their phones. Maybe work, maybe emergency, maybe be less judgy. Hey, for real though, reel it in, man. So, uh, here's the thing. I am observing. It's what I do. <laughs> This is literally what I'm famous for. So I will absolutely uh, not be judgy, but here's the thing. We're all judgy. Also, if what I had to say about that hit you so hard, you have to pay attention to it twice as much. If it hits you so hard, what I said about parents staring at their phones instead of paying attention to their kids hit you so hard that not only did it hurt your feelings but that you had to write in pay attention to it go back and listen to it again and change your habits you mean to tell me what i'm telling you is that i have noticed 
everyone staring at their phone. It's not just running through a park. It's not just at dinners. We're all picturing it right now. While I'm saying it, this is so prevalent. While I'm saying it, we're all picturing people sitting at a table, everyone looking at their phone. We're all picturing walking through, running through a park, looking at parents, looking at their phone while their kids are doing their stuff. We are all doing that. We all know somebody who is that parent, who is that person who takes pictures, who, who does not do things with their kids, but really just has photo shoots with their kids. They take a picture of their kid and act like they're having the greatest time with their kid and that they're parent of the century when, in fact, they are not. The only time they paid attention to their kid is to take that picture. We all know people like that. So what we need to do is just pay attention to that. And and in a broader sense, what that conversation was about, and I won't say your name, um, but but you know who I'm talking to who sent this message. What that conversation was about, we were actually talking about how the newer iPhones had the the gauge that tell you how long you spend looking at your apps and that kind of stuff. So it it's there for that. It's there for you to realize how much time you're spending on these things. So the point that I made that day wasn't judgy. It was playful like I'm always playful. I'm always playful in that way. It's we I like people who are honest with me. I like being honest. I love that stuff. I one of the the jokes I tell all the time is when I asked my brother, "Hey, hey, you know, after a year of not eating really healthy, I asked my brother when I put on a shirt that was really tight, I asked my brother, "Hey, does this shirt make me look fat?" And his answer was like, "No, dude, the way you eat makes you look fat." Like I appreciate that kind of gauges. I don't get offended by it. And so I'm hoping that people don't get offended when I when I playfully do this. Again, it's not the end of the world, but fortunately, we do have the opportunity to adjust how we pay attention to each other. It's not just parents, it's relationships, it's all these other things. So at, during that podcast, what I was saying was, you can look at how much time you spend on productivity. You can look at how much time you spend in apps like social media apps and that kind of stuff. And the point that I was making is look at the amount of time you're spending there. Look at the amount of messages you're sending. Let's say you're sending a thousand messages. Let's say you're spending four or five hours um, a week on your social media apps. And I'll tell you right now, you're spending more than that on that. So let's just say on the low side, you're spending four or five hours on your social media apps. My question was, are you spending four or five hours in communication with and connected to your 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 spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friend, your 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 children. That's what I'm asking. And here's the thing. If the answer is no, how grateful we can be to like, oh wow, look how much more attention I'm paying to my phone than I am to my kid. Look how much more attention I'm paying to my phone than I am to my spouse, my companion. I was saying that that's a great gauge for us to make healthier relationships. Do you really think that if you were to put down your phone and instead of spending five hours on Instagram, you spent those five hours talking to the people in your lives, you think that that would make it worse? You think that would weaken your relationships if you put down your phone and actually listened to what your companion or your kids were saying to you? You think it would weaken your relationship that if you are out to dinner, you put down your phone and actually talk to the person or the people sitting across from you? You think that would be hurtful to the relationship? You think that if you are with your kids at the park and you put down your phone and actually played with your kid at the park instead of just taking pictures so everyone thinks you're playing with your kid at the park? You think that would hurt your relationship? 
No, I was making a point that we now have the opportunity to see that we can do that. We have the opportunity to have a gauge so that we can get better and that we can pay attention to what social media did. And I started that conversation with saying that I know this because I found myself doing that. I found myself performing in my personal life for a social media for, for at the time, you know, the last, when I used social media personally, I don't use it personally anymore. It's only our business stuff, business stuff being my, my, the, the public talks I do and the quotes and all that stuff, the stuff that you all see. If you notice, you never see a family barbecue. You never see a friend out with friends. You never see any of that because I don't use social media personally. But what I did notice when I did use social media personally and I had a private page that I would want to take a picture of a meal. And this is years ago. I would want to take a picture of a meal or take a picture of a place. And here, I, to, to share with what? To share with a bunch of strangers I used to know? To share with what? The closest people I wanted were standing right next to me. And here I am showing this to people who, who I don't really even know. Performing for them. Oh, look what, a, look what a great time I'm having. What? First of all, none of them care. Think about when you look through your social media. Do you, are you like, oh, wow. Amazing. None of them care. And here I am throwing away the time I have. Time, by the way, that you'll never get back. Time that I have with people that I love to perform for people that I don't really even know and people who don't really care even a fraction of what the people who are standing right next to me do. So I'd be sitting at a table with people who absolutely love me and distracting myself to communicate with people who like me, maybe know me still, maybe don't. And to me, that just felt that felt nuts. And now years and years removed from that, it feels even crazier to me. But fortunately, we do have tools that can say, OK, and again, you don't have to feel like I was judging. I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm just putting it out there that it is fantastic when we can have a scientific gauge that you can look at your usage and when you see I have been on social media for 10 hours, if you can't honestly say to yourself, I have been also 10 hours engaged with my, with my family members, with my friends, with my spouse, with my kids, if you can't say, and I don't mean engaged like you're, you're in the same house or you communicate like, yes, no, I mean, an actual conversation like you do on social media. You're curious and you're looking at their life and, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. When you're engaging with the people around you and being interested in what they have to say like you are in the people on social media. I think, and I could be wrong, and that's okay if I'm wrong too, I think that that's beneficial for our relationships, not hurtful. I think is that your personal interactions outweigh your social media interactions, I think that makes for better, healthier relationships. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. But what I'm pretty confident of is if my conversation about that hurts your feelings and you feel attacked, then you need to re-listen to that even more because it super duper applies to you. So thank you for your message. And I, I think it's really important. As far as the kids stuff goes with that, listen, kids are, again, we go back to being primates. We, 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 we are in a position to teach kids, right? So teach the kids to, to look up to the sky and dream. 
not to look at like to look down at their phone and compare. Think about that. Think about the issue that you see rising with kids, with teenagers especially, whether it's the rise of depression, the rise of suicides. Think about that. What's being taught there? What message are we sending? Just like I said about the, the, the woman uh, uh, question earlier. What message are we sending? So instead, teach your kids to look up at the sky and dream, not to look down at their phone and compare. Teach your kids to set goals and act upon them. Not to just press record and pretend. By the way, you teach your kids by doing this, not by saying it. By telling your kids not to use a, a, a phone at dinner and then having your phone. By telling your kids to not use the phone when, you're sitting, when they're sitting in the car, but you're always on your phone when interacting with other adults. They're watching you. So when your kids are on the playground or they're on the field or wherever they are and you're staring at your phone and then later on tell them they shouldn't be staring at their phone, when, they're, when you're telling them they should be happy and don't compare yourself to others, but they constantly seeing you compare yourself to others on social media, when you tell them, no, just be happy, be good, but you're, you're, your kids see you being miserable and then smiling for a camera that you're posting on social media so everyone doesn't realize how miserable you are, when you're doing all of those things, you're teaching them. It doesn't matter what you're saying. You're teaching them by doing it. So if what I'm saying hits you in any way whatsoever, just know that I don't know you. I've never met you. I don't know you at all. But if what I'm saying hits you, it's because this applies to you. And it's not out of judgment. It's not out of malicious judgment anyway. It's out of the same kind of judgment that we always judge. We always judge and decipher things. That's what we do. It's not out of malice. It's out of the excitement that we have the opportunity today to change it. If we want to be better in any way, we can change it today. We can change it right now. Absolutely change it. And I am empowered by that. So when you get tools like the one iPhone offers where you can actually see how much you're engaged with this, I get excited about that because then you get to look at it and say, oh, wow, look how much... When I'm staring at this phone, I'm ignoring the world around me. That I can be sure of. And if I'm staring at this phone, if this thing says I'm looking at the phone for three hours a day, then I have to know that I'm ignoring the world around me and the people around me for three hours a day. Now, I have to decide whether I think that's healthy for my life, that's healthy for the people around me, or if that's something I should change. And I'm, I'm empowered by the fact that if it is something I decide to change, I can change it. And if it hurts your feelings, that's really not so much for me to deal with. I don't know you. If it hurts your feelings, live your life in such a way that when someone says that, it doesn't hurt your feelings. And thank you so much for that feedback. I want to do, I like this idea. So, so they sent these three, it's, they call in this segment three things. Uh, and it's 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 the Steve Deep tracks. So so many of you see how many quotes are out there, right? There's like thousands of them. Um, but what you don't see, there's a lot that we don't post that are just we. It's like the it's like the deep tracks on an album. You'll never hear it played on a radio, but they're out there and they're sometimes really good. We have a lot of those deep tracks. I would I would say for as many 
of my quotes that are out in the internet world, I would say at most it's 30% of all the ones that, that I've written. And so we have a lot of deep tracks, some that are super deep and just too deep for social media. People won't get it. We've tried it a, f a few times where I'm like, oh, this is such a good one. And then when it goes out there, people just don't get it for whatever reason. Uh, they just don't. So so they're adding this segment in. It's called Three Things. We go into the deep tracks. And uh, and I want to go to a couple of a few of them before. Uh, we get into the final part of the segment of the show, which is the Steve Reeds or whatever uh, Steph and Chris call it. Uh, I forgot what it is, but I call it Steve Reeds. And I basically just read a piece from one of my previous books. And today's piece is going to be, again, channeling my inner mama, my, my, my wisdom of my mom. Uh, I'll be reading Keep Your Eyes on Your Own Plate from the Unapologetically You book. But let's first do three things. First one is, we're all ridiculous, all of us. It's as though we use a lit torch to search for light. You are enough. Know this and proceed through your life accordingly. This one, this one's one of the older ones because I know I, I think I said it on the, I think I said it, or, or they had me read it in the documentary, by the way, that keeps winning awards. How cool is that? We have an, uh, one coming in New York uh, soon also, a film festival that it uh, did really well in. And so uh, being featured here in, in New York, film festival in New York. Man, speaking of my mom, she would have loved to have walked that red carpet for sure. Um, so, yeah, so that's coming up. So, But this one, we're all ridiculous, all of us. It's as though we use a lit torch to search for light. You are enough. Know this and proceed through life accordingly. This was when I was really engaging in the idea, this guruless idea, this this idea of we're we're constantly looking for how. At the time, I was talking about spirituality, and I was talking about how we we say that we're all spiritual beings, right? Spiritual beings having a human experience, but then books and books and books and classes and classes and classes and people trying all these things, trying to be spiritual, and it always it never really made sense to me because it's like a if if a Chinese couple has a baby, is that baby coming out Swedish? No, right? Baby's coming out Chinese. If a Swedish couple has a baby, is that baby coming out Swedish? No, it's coming out Chinese, right? So my mom and dad had a baby. Did I come out Swedish? Did I come out Chinese? No, I came out looking like my mom and my dad, a little percentage of each, right? Because I am them. And so as I would grow up, I'd start, my mom would say things, oh, wow, you're just like your dad. My dad saying, oh, you're just like your mom. And we'd have qualities of each. Parents out there experience the same with their kids, right? It's not something you learn necessarily because they are that. My point with that is if that we are spiritual beings that are having a human experience, if, if we are these spiritual beings, then just like, the Chinese baby born to a Chinese couple, the Swedish baby born to a Swedish couple, or me born to my parents, I didn't have to, and they don't have to try to be what they already are. I do not have to try to be as tall as my parents or have the hair like my parents or have the skin like my parents. 
If we are already spiritual beings, we don't have to try to be spiritual. We are already that. When people ask me how I handle the, the idea of the, the afterlife and these type of things and why I'm so cool, calm, and collected about it is because I say I, wherever I will be in the year 2090 is wherever I was in the year 1890. And it's going to happen whether I believe in it or not. But what I do know is that I'm here right now and I'm subject to the laws of physics that are here now and the laws of humanity that are here now and the laws of, uh, of, of living through this life that are here now. So let me enjoy, appreciate, and learn so I can experience the length, depth, and breadth of this life now. And when the next one comes, I'm going to do my best at that one too. But it's going to happen whether I believe it or not. So let me stay focused on this one. So if you're a spiritual being having this human experience, you don't have to try to be what you already are. So if I'm already a spiritual being, let me focus on having this human experience. And when I focus on having this human experience, I'm able to, to elevate kindness, elevate forgiveness, elevate adjustments. I, I, I've been the devil and the saint. And I'm able to do that because I'm able to make adjustments because I embrace the fact that I can adjust. So that's what I meant when I meant we're all ridiculous as we try and find ways. We're using a lit torch to search for light. You are that. So let's proceed through life knowing we are already that. Now make the best of what you are. Learn and uncover the best aspects of yourself and put them to use on this incredible life. Squeeze this human experience for everything that it's worth. And that's what I meant by that deep track. Next deep track is sometimes you don't get the answers you want. That doesn't mean God isn't listening. It means you aren't. <laughs> yeah, so that's like where the people are like, Steve, do you think there's a sign? There's a sign that this, that, and the other thing. Or do you think there's a sign that this relationship isn't going to last? Do you think there's a sign that I shouldn't be doing this? All these things. Do I think there's a sign? You just explained five red flags to me. You can, you're unhappy. You're miserable. Yes, every single sign. If only God would just show me a sign. Are you kidding me? Every single flag is a sign. Every single feeling of misery and, and suspicion and, and hurt, every tear, every, every time you were you were in fetal position crying from a broken heart. All of these things are, are, are signs. They're all God talking to you and you are not listening. You don't have a God communicating problem. You have a you listening problem. And a lot of times that's the case. A lot of times we, we are too attached to the idea that we wish things weren't going awry, but they do. And uh, it, it's unfortunate. It becomes, to me, funny later, but it's not funny while it's happening. And so I know so many of you are going through some stuff right now that that it isn't funny while you're going through it. But it's definitely it's definitely not about not getting the answer you want. It's about you not listening to the answers that are being sent to you and, and asking every bit of advice. Steve, I, ha I need some advice. <laughs> no, you don't need advice. You already know the answer. You just wish you didn't. So you're you're kind of hoping I, I don't see it clearly, just like you don't see it clearly, uh, but I usually do. So it, it's, it's, again, it's, it's not that God isn't answering, it's that you're not listening. 
<laughs> and so keep that in mind. I tell you that with the, all the tenderness and love of a brother uh, that loves you, just just know that all the flags, all the tears, all that stuff, that is in every single way a conversation uh, with God. It's just that you're not listening. That's all. And that's okay. One day you'll listen and one day you'll, you'll, you'll set it in motion so that you can heal, adapt, and move on. And one of the deep tracks is something that I, I mentioned before. It's, it's, that, it's that I don't know if time heals, but I know perspective does. It, it's something that I contemplated uh, for a long time, just knowing and meeting people. I, I joke sometimes that, I, that I'll talk to people and they'll, they'll be stuck in their condition. So they'll label themselves by their condition. So they say, oh, I, I'm a divorcee or I'm widowed or um, and that kind of stuff. And you say, oh, you get to talk to them and you'll, you'll hear their story and you'll realize that that divorce, uh, that death happened 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so you start realizing, wait a second, th- this person is in that place. So if, if they're in that place and they haven't healed, time isn't healing it. Perspective is. And when you get and you meet people who are in that place and they are healed, you'll recognize that it wasn't necessarily time but perspective that healed them. You start seeing that with scenarios in which there are natural disasters, people who are impacted by floods, hurricanes, tornadoes. You'll see that there are people, uh, an entire neighborhood may be uh, leveled to the ground, a horrible, horrific, tragic event. And a few years later, you'll see people who are who are coming back strong and feeling strong. And they'll say things like, if, if that hurricane hadn't destroyed our home, I would have never been forced to go back to school. It was a nightmare of a situation, but it, it made me step up and get out of my comfort zone and get my kids into a better neighborhood. It made me change my life for the better. It made me change the trajectory of my life to a healthier, happier place. It was a horrible thing, but it changed the trajectory of my life. At the time, I was miserable, but now I'm grateful. That's perspective there. That's not time because their, their neighbor who had the same thing happen to them, they might still be stuck. They might still be just getting by. Oh, you know, I've never recovered from that. It was just, that's it. You know, that hurricane killed it and that's all for me and I can't believe and nobody's helping me and that's it. And, and you see that again, the same amount of time has passed and why hasn't the same amount of healing passed? Well, because it's not time. It's perspective. It's changing that story. So per- perspective heals us. Perspective empowers us. And if we let it, perspective will make us wiser. If I've learned anything in this life, it's that we are often built by the same things we thought were destroying us. So I don't know if time heals, but I know perspective does. Hey, folks, this is Steve Maraboli Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to do one more segment where I read. I read out loud uh, one of the pieces from my books today. I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm feeling my mom on, on, this, uh, on this day, so we're going to uh, share some wisdom from her. We, this is from the Unapologetically You book. It's called Keep Your Eyes on Your Own Plate. And again, thank you so much, all of you, for listening. Please share the show. Please give a five-star rating. Uh, we want everybody out there to be empowered and inspired uh, in any way that we can help. So uh, please do. This was called Keep Your Eyes on Your Own Plate 
from the Unapologetically You book. Keep your eyes on your own plate and enjoy your meal. This was my mom's repetitive mantra at the dinner table in the late 70s as she surely fought off the urge to dropkick my brother and I while we argued about who got more mashed potatoes or too many vegetables or not the same amount of rice, etc. At the time, I don't think she was trying to convey wisdom as much as she was simply trying to get us to shut up. But still, there is deep wisdom in this mantra. How would your life be different if you kept your eyes on your own plate and enjoyed your meal? We seem to go through life changing, chasing, sorry, chasing the intangible. We even have an expression keeping up with the Joneses that we use to describe this chase. At some point in our lives, usually when it's too late, we realize that the Joneses are full of shit. They are in debt too. They have marital problems too. They have issues with their kids too. They stress about their career too. While we're trying to keep up with them, they were trying to keep up with you. And now you're both in deep. So keep your eyes in your own plate and enjoy your meal. This doesn't mean you shouldn't endeavor for more. I think it's our human nature to move towards growth and success. But when doing so, don't let the quest for more blind you to what you already have. Give yourself the time to be grateful for what you already have. Let gratitude for today fuel you on your journey towards tomorrow. There is no greater way to dilute your own blessings than to compare them with what you perceive is the blessings of another. Enjoy what you have. Be grateful. Move in the direction of your own personal growth and success, not that of another. Be you. You will never be great at being someone else. Keep your eyes on your own plate and enjoy your meal. Folks, I'm Steve Maraboli. Make sure you check out stevemaraboli.com, stevemaraboli.net. You can find me, Steve Maraboli, on Instagram, on Twitter, author Steve Maraboli on Facebook. All of our pages are blue verified checkmark pages. Thank you all so much. From somewhere out there, this is the Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Ma... Uh, <laughs> whispers of genius i don't know folks i'm tired whispers of genius echoes of madness the steve maraboli podcast love you all catch you next time (laughs) 